I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, up there in New York City. Kenny Ducey. Is he kin now? We're about to find out because we're all grown up from years ago on this podcast journalism front. Kenny, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm kin, uh, as they say in the South. I'm great, uh, and I'm doing well. It's good to be with you, as always. Excited for another week of a football and uh, not excited for it's actually kind of warm here right now. I know that that's the icebreaker mm-hmm. that you always go to early in podcasts, especially when it's two people talking to each other over the internet from thousands of miles away. Uh, not really, really, we're not that far away, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's uh, it's about 50 degrees today, feeling good, but it's going to go de- back down to uh, under 20 next week. Not looking forward to that. And I'm just trying to cherish, cherish every day here where it's not freezing cold. Yeah. Every, I don't know, man, like it's, Every day is like here in Tennessee, like it's just one week. It was below 20 last week and Christmas was frozen tundra and New Year's was cold. Like and then now today it's like in the 60s. I don't know. It just every week is something new. I don't check the weather report. I'm not that guy. I want every day to be a surprise. If I ever become that guy, that's the end for me. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. I wake up. I see what the temperature is. Mm -hmm. The only reason I know what it's going to be like next week is because I've been enjoying this so much. And I wanted mm. to know when the pain and suffering was going to resume. So now I know. So you don't just become, you don't adapt to the cold in New York if you're in it every day. You're, you don't feel like you're, because I hear that from Minnesota people all the time. It's like if you lived here all the time, you would not think it's that cold. Well, you do. You do. The problem is it's been so on and off, right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was super warm to start the winter. I mean, it was cold like three months. It was colder four months ago than it, it is right now. Like, so it's mm. just, it's been very bizarre but no, I think if I could say something about the Midwest, I used to room with someone who lived who was from the Midwest, and what mm. they said was that it's way worse here because mm. here you have to walk around, you have to take public transportation, where you know the, the subway platforms are incredibly cold or incredibly hot based on what the temperature is outside. You know, you're from the Midwest, you're driving mm. around everywhere. You got uh, heat inside, you got heat in your car. You know, now they got these fancy cars. You can start the car before you even get in the car, so you can get into a hot car. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't have to spend that much time outside. Here, you got to spend a lot of time outside, so you got to adapt. Uh, you got to you got to be quick on your feet. But uh, can you drive? Not my hardships. I I can drive. Yes. Okay. I have a driver's license. I won't show it on camera because someone's going to make a duplicate. Because that's what people are here to do is watch me so they can uh, steal my identity. But no, yeah, I I can drive. I uh, love driving. Every time I go home for the holidays, I drive. So I try to. Okay. 
that's kind of scary. Like you just don't drive for months at a time, then you go home and then you're just behind the wheel. I don't know. That would give me some anxiety. Of, oh, uh, no anxiety. I mean, maybe the people who are in the car with me to get anxiety. Yeah, but not I was going to say maybe that's more of what it is there. Um, Kenny, so you are at the Action Network now, and uh, you cover all. I mean, you're just all over the place of gambling. You're a big tennis guy. We're not going to talk about tennis. I don't know you anything about tennis. When I say like I know nothing about tennis, I know nothing about tennis, and it's just. I, I just, it's not my, it's not me. I was never a tennis guy. Um, and thankfully I well, married into, uh, say January that again? 13th, uh-huh. the, the new Netflix documentary about tennis comes out. You should watch it. It's called break points from the creators of drive to survive. So I think it's about to blow up here in the United States. I think it's gonna be a big sport. So, uh, you can learn all about tennis that way. Uh, they followed uh, 20 or 25 players behind the scenes last year for an entire season. So they're like kind of airing, they have like episode by episode, like what, how the season last year went. So you can watch behind the scenes footage of last year. And it's, I, I think that's going to be a good way to learn about tennis. So I, I would recommend that. Kenny, it's not going to happen. Just like I recommended what we do in the shadows for you that I know you're never going to watch. I'm never going to watch this documentary on tennis. That's fair. I, I that's fair. You got to throw it out there though. For the audience, maybe, maybe the audience wants to watch there you it. Go. I, think exactly. be, I think it's going to be a big, a big Netflix series. I think a lot of people are going to be talking about it. Okay. I like it. I hope so. Uh, Favorite line this week. So we're going to talk a lot of NFL on this particular edition of the program, Kenny. And I'm curious from your perspective, going into week 18, um, we'll see like with the Giants, what they decide to do, how different teams operate. And now we have the weird stuff with the Bengals and the Chiefs, or the Bengals and the Bills, where we'll see what happens with the seeding, what the NFL ultimately decides to do. But like the Chiefs might be getting screwed here, depending on how things go they might have to play three games in a very short amount of or uh, the bills might have to play three games in a short amount of time where the chiefs might not get the same kind of first right like it's just it's really weird Uh, i've read all the different uh things that can happen here so i would like some clarity i'm hoping they just do a no contest it seems like is the best way to go about it or just do a tie honestly would be more fitting to me because then you could really make this thing uh pretty easy and i think both sides would agree to a tie on that front um i hope they don't overcomplicate this and like they, you get to pick if you want to buy or something like that where it's like okay let's not do this let's not make this extremely weird um with all that being said when you looked at the lines going into saturday and sunday what is what's been the most intriguing for you uh kenny well yeah first of all that is my name uh i i would <laughs> say on the subject of the bills game you know obviously it, it's hard to talk about because uh, it's such a sensitive issue like you know, obviously mm-hmm. we're all hoping that demar hamlin lives right and has a good quality of life not just lives you got great news um, today about it yeah no yeah uh, uh, things going in the right direction and you know god uh, god bless all the people that were there immediately to help him like that's you know it's, so, it's such it was it was so great that there were people mm-hmm. standing by uh, you know, it, it's sort of a, a, a double-sided sword because it's such a dangerous sport that you have to have people with mm. defibrillators on the sideline. But, uh, it, you know, on the other, same side, like, you know, they were there within seconds. Um, but, it, it, you know, with that said, this is, that it was a big, like, this is a big deal, the seating mm. in the AFC. And I think people aren't really, you know, especially now, like, people aren't really thinking about that. But I've been thinking about this for months because I have a Super Bowl ticket for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, at plus 500. I got it mm. uh, months ago. And you know, really just at, at, at that point I had not seen, uh, I did not like what I was seeing from the bills. And that was really the only other team that I thought maybe could win the super bowl. Remember last year, the AFC championship game, one of the best games I've seen in five to 10 years, uh, where obviously Mahomes had the Metro booming superhero moment, 13 seconds comes on the field. They tie the game at arrowhead. Right. So I think the bills want to play that game. They know they're going to play the chiefs in the AFC championship game. I think everyone knows that. I know that, you know, that 
that both teams know that. So they want to play that game in Buffalo, obviously. Um, I've seen stuff today talked about, they're talking about maybe they're going to play that game at a neutral site. Uh, maybe it would, you know, like we, we would go just based on winning percentages. I don't know if there's a perfect answer here. It does mm. sound like they're just not going to play the game. So whatever it is, like that did, that does make a big difference. Um, no, I, Again, there's no right or wrong answer here uh, because obviously someone's life was at stake. I'm just saying like that that is going to be something worth watching because I do think that where what they decide it could dictate who goes to the Super Bowl from the AFC and frankly who wins the Super Bowl because I think that it's going to be the winner of that game that wins the Super Bowl. So I'm interested to see what happens. I'm just going to sit back and watch like all, all the rest of us do what they're what they're going to decide. Um, and hopefully it's something that's fair to both teams. Anyway, talking about this week, one of the things I like doing late in the season, I like doing it last week. It wasn't, it wasn't the most successful strategy last week, but this week I think, um, it, you know, it, it, it remains a smart thing to do would be to essentially fade the public and fade the teams that have a lot to play for. And one of the mm. lines that I really like is the commanders plus seven against the Cowboys there. It looks like they're going to trot out Sam Howell here at quarterback. He cannot be worse than Carson Wentz. I, you know, I, I think that you probably watched a little bit of him in college. I certainly did. I wouldn't say I loved Sam Howell at UNC, but I thought he was pretty good, right? I think he's a pretty competent quarterback. I certainly more competent at this point than Carson Wentz, you know, and, and maybe even Taylor Heineke. But the thing about the commanders is they really stopped the run. Well, obviously that's what the Cowboys have made their living doing. And I think that they maybe get a shot in the arm here with Sam Howell, but more, more so like, um, you know, the commanders have been a very difficult team to fade against the spread in these divisional mm -hmm. matchups going on a few years now. And I, I think this is a situation where the line may be a little bit inflated because a lot of the public piling on the team that has something to play for the Cowboys are trying to win the division over the Eagles, uh, which we'll get to in a second. So uh, a little, little sneak preview of the line I want to talk about next. Mm. That is the line that I'm looking at right now. It's a lot of points catching a touchdown here with Washington, a team that again, plays good defense and maybe we'll have a decent enough offensive attack. Remember we we've seen great things out of, Jahan Dotson this year. We've seen great things out of this offense. Antonio Gibson's had a surprising season, to say the least. So I think that they can definitely make some noise, maybe win this game against Dallas with their backs, or really with nothing to, to lose at this point. So I think that they can win this game, but they definitely think they can cover seven. Yeah, Sam Howell is like one of those cases where people just forget because time moves fast that he was just the unanimous number one overall pick the previous year, yeah. and he just had a bad last year at UNC, and it UNC was just not as good. And he had the cannon, he had all the Matt Stafford comparisons, and it was just like Matt Stafford 2.0. He's going number one, and then just had a really, really rough year, and that was it. Like, it just ended. He went to, what, fifth round? Was that where he was ultimately drafted? I believe so, so yeah, mid-round. But yeah. put yourself in his shoes for a second. Yeah. With what you just said, right? He was a consensus number one pick. He just, folks, folks, you, you, if you watched, you you guys watched the, the the commanders this season, right? Imagine what Sam Howell's feeling right now. This guy had to watch terrible quarterback play for 16 games. Now he finally mm. gets his chance. You don't think he's going to be a little fired up on Sunday, a little uh, a little chip on his shoulder here, trying to prove that he's better than Carson Wentz. I, I, I think that this is going to be the best version of Sam Howell you could possibly get in his first career start. Um, I, but yeah, I mean, imagine how he feels considering how we feel watching Wentz and Heineke quarterback this team. And, and also, mind you, the, the defense has put Washington in position to win a lot of games and they just have not scored any points. So I, I do think that watching from the sideline, having a very close watch over all of those games, I think will impact his, his psyche a little bit uh, and maybe, maybe, you know, give him a little bit extra juice here. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a pretty good spot. 
I like it. Uh, your least favorite line, and you would encourage folks to stay away from this week, Kenny. Yeah, I think it's the Eagles minus 14, and there's a lot mm. of talk about who the Giants are going to sit and, well, really, who who the Giants are going to play because I think they're mm. going to sit just about everybody now that they've punched the, the playoffs. This line is at 14 points right now. When you look at the Eagles this season, they are 1-3 and three against the spread as favorites of more than seven points. So mm. it's never been a good decision uh, you know, with, uh, with Jalen Hurts in the lineup, without Jalen Hurts in the lineup. Hertz is coming back here. The Eagles obviously are playing for the division. They got to win this game. Uh, similar situation to last year, where there's or last week rather, where there was a lot of teams the public piled on that needed to win games. The Jets were one of those teams. Uh, the, the Giants did did uh, cover the spread quite easily. But you know, this is a situation where 14 points. I think it, look, the Giants are a well coached team. We know that by now. Brian Dayball is a good head coach. Tyrod Taylor is okay, right? Maybe he's okay. He averaged about eight yards per carry in his last six starts. Um, you know, pass a rating just under 80. I'm not sure that that's really encouraging, but Matt Breida has been great too behind Saquon Barkley. They've been using Matt Breida uh, a decent amount considering they have a, a guy in Saquon Barkley who's looked unbelievable this year. Um, I, I, I have enough faith in the backups here. Kenny Galladay, you know, I saw a great meme. It was like he has, he has to have 76 catches to hit his uh, his, his roster bonus or, or his incentive, rather, to, to make the $750,000. Um, but he's probably going to play in this game because the Giants are just going to have no one else. They have great weirdly they have the really deep you know receiving core um i think they have enough here to cover 14 points against a team that has not really done well covering a lot of points this year and like i said hurts coming back but we there's no guarantee he's going to be like the jalen hurts familiar this season i mean you know maybe it's going to take him a game to get back into rhythm he's missed a lot of time um and you know again there is that inherent pressure there's a lot of pressure on the teams that have to win there's no pressure on the giants here especially these rookies uh, you know, these third stringers, like they might just play a little loose here, given the fact that they've already made the playoffs. They're kind of just relaxed. Um, we see it all the time. We see all the time teams lose when they need to win. Last year with, uh, speaking of the devil, Carson Wentz, when uh, the Colts lost to the Jaguars as double, uh, a double-digit favorite, two touchdown favorites. So, mm. um, you know, the Eagles are going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs either way, but they want to win the division. And I think maybe they press a little bit here. Maybe the Giants play a little looser. 14 points is, is just way too much delay here at this point in the season. It's going to be interesting to see like which narrative wins out here. Like the Eagles limping into the playoffs with Jalen being banged up and everything. It's like, oh, stay away from the Eagles. This is uh, if they if they go down early, it's like, man, they just uh, they did it. They peaked at the wrong time. And then it's like if the Niners uh, get beat early, it's like, oh, they should have faced some adversity before uh, Brock Purdy went in the playoffs. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see which narratives went out um, when it comes to uh, the playoffs. The Cowboys are just kind of they're kind of screwed either way, because I think they're just in this division where they're i mean i think they're the best team in the nfc north they're obviously the best team in the nfc south but they're in this division with a team that's just had an unbelievable season where they're gonna have to go on the road and i don't think what was it they haven't won a road playoff game since when i think it's like mid 90s uh yeah, for the cowboys a long time since yeah and they have to go to tampa and yeah. the tampa owns them like if you look at the tampa but, uh, but also they have but also like tampa's probably the weakest team you can play right now right and that's like, why it's still know. gonna hurt more because they're gonna yeah, lose to the true. weakest version of it that's um true. i don't yeah, know i still don't lose. want any part of brady at home in a in a playoff series a game like i just uh i would stay away if i'm a cowboys fan but you don't have a choice maybe uh but we'll see like with the eagles giants however it goes like they still have a chance of winning the nfc east if the eagles go down here the giants do them a solid like they could host a playoff game. So that would be an insane way to end the year for the Eagles. After the year they've had, if they are a wild card team, that's just bonkers that that's still in play. Um, in terms of actually what you want to see bracket wise, Kenny, what's what's the ideal bracket for both sides to give us the best possible playoffs for you? 
Well, I really like the way the bracket is laid out right now. The one thing I would say is I, I, I hate this Jaguars Chargers game. I mean, you want to talk mm. about a classic Saturday afternoon game. Just get this out of actually, sorry, Saturday night game. Just get yeah. this out of the way. Jaguars Chargers hate the Chargers hate the Jaguars. I mean, the Chiefs are going to open up as like 11 point favorites over the Jaguars and mm. may, maybe like eight against the chart. I, I mean, it, it, I don't think that's going to be even anywhere close uh, in that divisional round matchup. But other than that, I think, you know, maybe, maybe I'd like to see the dolphins make it over the Patriots. So we don't get a reprise mm. of last year's bills Patriots game, which was not very competitive. And mm. I also would like to see the Packers make the playoffs. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know if they have anything to give us, but mm. I would like to see them play the Niners because there is that Aaron Rodgers narrative. We know he hates the Niners. That would be a fun game. Uh, if they snuck into that seven seed, but other than that, I mean, I think giants Vikings has potential, uh, I think Bucks Cowboys has big potential if the if the standings stay the way they are right now, and um, you know Ravens Bengals as well. I mean, I, I, w- I would love to see an AFC North matchup and an, an AFC East matchup with Bills potentially Bills uh, Dolphins if the Dolphins get in. We're not sure if they will, but yeah, I think that there's th- this should shape out to be a pretty good postseason bracket. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about reseeding. Hmm. I don't. I, I I played in a softball tournament where they didn't receive, and I hated it then. But when I'm as a viewer of sports, I don't think I like it. Uh, but I, I do think that this the, the we have probably like I think we could have five good games on the card for the opening weekend, which I think is like a very high number considering like last week, well, last year I feel like it wasn't wasn't that great opening weekend. It's interesting you're so low on Jaguars Chargers like Lawrence versus Herbert I think would be a lot of fun now what would be hilarious if we get Josh Dobbs my guy versus uh, Justin Herbert the Chargers like that and I think the NFL will be like all right we got to get this one out of here um Titans Titans Chargers I don't think it's moving the needle either way but the Titans uh, though like I how it's crazy that they're still in the mix uh yeah they've been in the mix all year they've never really been out of the mix and I've said they're the white walkers of the NFL they've been the white walkers for years they just keep finding ways and you're you look up and you're like how are they number one in the AFC like how did they just do this they got a good coach and they got you know and I think that's it they play hard for Mike Rabel and like that's it and I I do think that like it's crazy that for most of the season, or at least early in the season, you know, odds makers, people doing power rankings, people treated the Titans like they were a bottom five team for mm. most of the season. But like I said, they've never, I don't think they've really ever been out of the playoff race at, at mm. any point. Um, and they were even the front runners here uh, in the division uh, for uh, until the Jaguars came on strong at the end of the season. So, I, I mean, yeah, throw them in there. Why, 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 I don't need to see Trevor Lawrence in there again. Throw, wow. throw the Titans in there. I'd like to see, I'd like to see them in there. Okay. Um, in terms of the most dangerous wildcard team in both conferences, who is the most likely to just run the gauntlet and actually just win multiple road games and make it to the Super Bowl? Of well, who, who is N- for you? I'll start with the NFC because I think it's I think it's not as not really a hot take. I think mm-hmm. everyone is in the world is going to say the Packers. You know, no one no one wants to go to play Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I do think that the Cowboys are the are, technically if they're the wildcard team, which they should, yeah. they, they probably will be. Um, that's the team to me, I think that is very dangerous. I think that's the team that they're number two in defense by DVOA. They run the ball Mm. very well. And I think that this is a team that just, I mean, because I think because Dak Prescott missed a lot of the season, you know, we haven't seen that consistent, like, I I mean, I I don't want to do some sort of unquantifiable unscientific take or, or analysis of the Cowboys, but because Dak missed a lot of time. I feel like they're just the hype train just hasn't been there. Like we haven't mm. gotten excited about the Cowboys because we really haven't seen them play at the peak of their powers for a lot of the season. 
But I do think that with Dak Prescott back, this is a very dangerous team. The defense hasn't been quite as sharp as it was last year, but pretty still, still like a top 10 defense. Um, and they have all the talent in the world. And like, you want to talk about an Eagles team that's sort of been like, eh, you know, uh, with expectations, they're going to have big expectations now. I, I, I'm not like, I'm not this just crazy Packers lover here. I don't think anyone's going to sneak in and surprise anybody. I think we can all say that the Vikings are not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't love the, the Giants, like the Niners with Brock Purdy. There's question marks. The Cowboys, man, they have all the tools that they, they could easily run to the Super Bowl, and I would not be surprised at all. So I'm going to say them in the NFC. The AFC mm. is going to be a surprise. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers. They obviously got to get in the playoffs wow. first. But Kenny Pickett, Kenny uh -huh. Pickett, I think Kenny Pickett's good. He hasn't put together a full game, I don't think, yet. But mm. he has, like, the defense. It's it's The Steelers, to me, are like the AFC version of the Commanders, but with, mm. a, with a quarterback with an actual ceiling in the sense that the defense has been great for them. You know, I think they're 11th in DVOA. TJ Watt has the potential in a lot of these games to be the best player on the field, at least a lot of the games that the Steelers have played lately. We have great pass catchers. Uh, I, don't, I say I'm a Jets fan. I, I just said we, like, just a general we. I'm not, I'm not mm. saying that I like the Steelers. Uh, but there are great pass catchers on this team. Um, and and I, I mean, obviously, I don't have to talk about who they are. George Pickens mm -hmm. has been spectacular. Deontay Johnson's got over the drop issues. But, like, I, I just I, – and Najee Harris looked unbelievable last week. Get best game I've ever seen him play. Um, I think they have a lot of potential. And, and mm -hmm. again, another good coach. Like, you want to you target the good coach. You want to target a quarterback that could maybe rise to expectations in the playoffs. They got to get in there. But mm -hmm. I do think that out of all the – you want to talk about any wild card team, I'm pretty down at this point. Um, on the Ravens, I know hmm. that, you know, Lamar, you know, when Lamar comes back, it's obviously a different team, but like the Ravens have just, how many times have the Ravens let us down over the last few years? And, you know, I already talked about how I don't love the Chargers, the Patriots, the Dolphins don't move the needle for me. You want to talk about a wild card team. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they're able to get in because I do think that that team can be pretty dangerous, but I like, I, I don't want to qualify that with saying, I don't think any of these teams are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And they're going to run away with it. I don't think you're just speaking this into existence because you put the early. No, the Chiefs I, I, I put I, I max bet the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, uh, Super Bowl for a reason. And it's because mm. I really don't think I really think that a lot of these teams are just pretenders. And the Kansas City Chiefs, nothing has changed. I actually think they've looked a little bit better on defense than they did last year. And that's been their biggest Achilles heel for years now. Jerick McKinnon, I've long thought, is a very talented offensive player. And I, I mean, they, they filled the void of Tyreek Hill pretty simply. Um, and, you know, they've developed Pacheco into a pretty good running back. Like, I mean, just all around their offense, nothing's really changed. Like, they're just still in the lead offensive team. Josh Allen's got the red zone issues right now. Uh, he has not looked himself really for two months. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, the Bengals, you know, I could give you the Bengals, but they're not um, – I don't, you know, they obviously are the team that beat the Chiefs last year, but I mean, I, I, I look, it's just, it's, it's an eye testing. It's a, it, I just don't think any team is as good as the Chiefs. That's it. That's the bottom line. So I'm going to stick with that. I like it. Um, they don't call him Kansas City Kenny for nothing. Um, if the Packers were playing like this and it's like week five, do you think there's any question we're looking at them? We're not looking at them as the number one team in the NFC right now. Oh, I think there's a huge question. I think there's mm. a huge question because I don't. I, I still, I still think there's a lot of doubts about the that you can have about the the Green Bay Packers. They're still missing that number one receiver. Um, Rogers has obviously, you know, done his part to help them to this point, but like, you know, and, and they're not giving Aaron Jones the ball enough, which I don't really understand. 
Um, you know, like I said, Christian Watson, they're not relying on him a lot. And their defense has been, I mean, it's been like, I would, I would give them like a B, like they've been a solid B defense. I, so I know I don't think they're a number one NFC team. And you, you asked me before the show in our notes, are you a Packers believer? I, I don't think I am just be, I mean, I think the, I think that they are capable of beating the Niners, but that's more because I'm not a believer in the Niners. Um, like, uh, look, I'll say this. I think the Packers easily could make it to the mm. NFC Championship game, but it has nothing to do with the fact that they are a good team. Like, you know, or if they were playing like this in week five, they would be number one team. I think that the Niners are, I think they're set up for disappointment with a quarterback that is inexperienced and, you know, really just, I don't think has had a huge test yet. And then, you know, if the, if the Packers win that game, which they easily could, then you're talking about the Giants or the Vikings, two teams that are, I think, pretty easy to beat in the second mm. round, in the divisional rounds. They're not going to get by. They're not going to get by either any one of these teams up top: the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Buccaneers. Again, if the bracket stays the same. So, I don't think they're going to like. I don't think there's this magical Packers run happening. I could see an, an NFC Championship berth, but again, it's just because I'm just kind of I'm kind of low on the NFC, and the three teams I actually like are probably all going to play each other in, in the first two rounds. There you go. Uh, last thing: you are a Jets guy. Tough to say all that, but King Queens had a great uh, picture. Hey, look, you know, uh, Kevin James had to suffer. Kenny Ducey had to suffer. Um, it was a great start to this year. It was fun. You had some fun times. The defense is better. Um, moving in the right direction. Coaching staff, like, it feels pretty okay. Um, still going to wear my Zach Wilson Jordan headband to run and exercise in. It's my, it's my jam, the ninja handband. It's, uh, it's a good one. Not the guy they're coming out today like, oh, we should have probably had him sit behind a, a veteran for a while or we should have just like not released Joe Flacco or brought him back from the get go and not had just no vets for him when he first walked into the building in uh, New York uh, two years ago. But um, I'm curious, who do you think who's your gut telling you the quarterback of the New York, the week one quarterback for the Jets is next year? I mean, but what I know is that it's going to be someone who's terrible. And that's oh. the bottom line. And Derek Carr is a terrible quarterback. Gardner Minshew is a terrible wow. quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a terrible quarterback. And they're going to bring one of these guys in. It's going to be a huge You don't disaster. think it's Brady? No, I don't think it's Tom Brady. I, uh, th- th- my, my, my philosophy here for the New York Jets as the general manager is it is uh, – it, first of all, it's playoffs or bust. They need to have a playoff mandate in place for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. As much as I like Joe Douglas – he has not. He's missed the mark in free agency uh, quite a few times. DJ Reed was a great signing. The Corey Davis signing was not. The offensive line has been pretty suspect second half of the season. I know that they've dealt with some injuries, um, but again, like without Elijah Vera Tucker, we're looking at Joe Douglas missing on some offensive linemen. He nailed last draft, unbelievable draft in 2022. But like the last couple before that, you know, it's kind of tough to to really give him you know anything better than like a. C plus for them. Mm. Um, so like I've kind of, you know, I think Jets fans and myself have kind of soured on him a little bit. I still think that he's more competent than a lot of the general managers that have been in place the last few years. Anyway, what I will say is it's Lamar Jackson or, or, or Aaron Rodgers or bust for me. Um, I think wow. that the Jets defense has been good enough this year. They warrant a real quarterback. It's I know that the franchise is named the New York Jets. That does not mean that they have to go out and sign a mediocre quarterback. that's just going to, just continue this run of mediocrity that they've been in. Like, I, I don't really want Derek Carr because I, you know, and you can, you're going to have to edit this segment because I'm probably going to talk about 10 minutes about this. I don't want Derek Carr. Okay. Or, or Gardner Minshew. The argument for those guys is, Hey, they're going to lead the jets to the playoffs. 
Mm. I don't want to, to make the playoff. I want the Jets to win the Super Bowl. Like it's about time that the but, Jets I mean, you have are the real contenders. Now. Just crawl before no, you walk. No, Penny. no, it's not crawl before you walk because this defense was elite this year and mm. they did not make the playoffs. And it's because they had no quarterback and this, and they have great p- players at the skill positions. They need to maybe add one more piece of the offensive line and a quarterback. And that is it. That is it. The rest of this team is almost perfect. And like, so with that in mind, I don't understand how people are making the argument like, oh, hey, just be happy when they make the playoffs. Like, no, this is a team that should be in the championship game. Lamar Jackson, if he's smart, would look at the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Look at what they've been doing, you know, lately under Tyler Huntley. Look at the Jets. If he's being objective about it, the Jets are a better team to be on than the Ravens, right? You got a mm-hmm. great running game. The Ravens have a great running game, but the Jets with Brees Hall back, pretty comparable, better pass catchers, a great defense, comparable if not better defense, and bigger market and also lamar jackson doesn't have an agent that's another thing we got to talk about the ravens could franchise tag him that's probably what's going to happen but he doesn't have an agent he could easily say hey i want out i just want out i'm not playing for you guys anymore he could hold out they're gonna have to trade him and there's no one there to tell him that's a dumb decision because he's he's self-represented so that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping that he just decides the hell with the ravens i'm i don't care if you tag me i'm not coming back what's going to happen is they're going to franchise tag him he's going to go back to the ravens jet i'm going to cry and Aaron Rodgers is definitely not leaving the Packers. But those are the two guys I think are the only options for me if the Jets want to be real next year, if they want to be realistic contenders. Um, but no, I think it's probably going to end up being Derek Carr. And I'm going to hate it because Derek Carr is terrible. We've seen Derek Carr play for how many years now? Like, I'm just, I don't want to see a quarterback that I've seen play for five, six, seven, eight years. We know who these guys are. We know who Gardner Minshew is. He's a great backup. We know who Derek Carr is. He's an underachiever. We know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. He can't win a Super Bowl. He, he was put on the biggest stage. He was given a chance. He couldn't do it. I'm, I don't want guys that I know can't do it. Like I want to, I want hope. I want to hope that, Oh, maybe this guy could lead the Jets to the Super Bowl. That's what you want. And you know, maybe it's trading all your assets for, uh, especially now if the Jets lose this week, they're going to be like top 10 in the draft trade up to number one. I, I don't really care what it takes. You saw the Rams do it. You've seen teams, the Colts do it before, or the commanders, one of the teams did it with the Andrew Luck draft. Like, why don't you just trade all your picks for uh, for Bryce Young and try that? Like, I don't know. Like, just do something. Do something that is taking It's Brady. Brady's the perfect answer here. Well, I, I don't know. He, did, he hasn't been that great this year. Like, he hasn't been that good. I don't, think I don't he, know, man. You would sign up for a year, Brady. If you I would, want of, course, of course, I would sign up. Of course, I would sign up for a year of Tom Brady. Of Lamar course. makes no sense to me. Like anyone who pushes the Lamar stuff where I'm like, he's not been healthy the last two years. Like we're running out. Uh, you don't sign Lamar now. Like this is this is it. Like we're in the near. We're in the end of the Lamar Jackson as a seen as a so? QB one. I think, I we're think just, as long as he's nursed, nursed back to full health, I think he's going to be. I think he's still a top five quarterback. You can't count on him. The Ravens can. They invested. You're like, hey, we we built our entire offense like that. It makes sense for the they Ravens to keep running it back. They didn't sign that. Well, hey, all the more reason. Keep saying that. Why don't you yeah. put that put that into the atmosphere? Uh, I mean, universe. are you certain that he's playing 17 games for you next year? Of course not. But I exactly. Know that you just can't do that in today's NFL. Playoffs, you can't do it. As long as he's there for like 60 percent of the season, they'll make the playoffs. As long as he's there in the playoffs, they're gonna have a chance. You don't even like, know that. Put okay. All I'm all I'm asking is for you to put this energy out into the universe because the more that the Ravens hear that Lamar Jackson's injury prone, they're not going to want to franchise tag him. They're not going to want to sign to an extension. And then my New York Jets can sign Lamar Jackson and be elite and win the Super Bowl. So that I would love that. That would be great. Because I look, mean, here's the thing. Like I said, it's not a perfect solution. Like I didn't say that, but I'm saying it now because you made some good points. It's not a perfect solution, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that. But it's better than any of the other solutions like he's I don't young know. i just want brady a, like let's just let's just put brady in that's the what the world needs we need two but, games of belichick versus brady do. 
I mean, look, having Wilson sit behind Brady for a year, I like that. I'd sign up for that. But Wilson's over. What do you mean sit behind? Like he hasn't already played. We've seen I think, you. I don't think Wilson's no. over. I just think the thing is, I think what happened. First of all, there's a lot of things that happen with Zach Wilson. But they, they drafted him mm. into a, to, to fit a scheme that he didn't fit. That was the first issue. Mm. But the other thing is, it's unfair to expect a second year quarterback to be able to do everything you ask of him and make the playoffs. Like I, we've never, like we've never seen that really. Maybe even like just really Mahomes in year two, right? Coming off the bench after year one was was good. But like you know, it took Josh Allen till year three. It took a lot of guys till year three. Like. I don't think he's over. I don't, maybe he's over with the jets, but he has a lot of talent. He just has to figure it out. Like he has to get more reps. Yes. The game has to slow down for him. It may never happen, but I don't think it's, I don't think the the book is closed on him just yet. Uh, he's very young and he's very talented, but he has to sort of like, he has to go to a team where they're going to like, it, it, it's almost like I'm going to draw a comparison and I shouldn't because people are gonna make fun of me. Well, like Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry with the warriors. Mm. You put Steph Curry on, I don't know, 28, 29 of those franchises, he's not Steph Curry. It was because the Warriors let Steph Curry just do what he ever want, whatever he wanted. They said, we have enough faith in you where we saw you play in college. We know you're a great shooter. We're going to just give you full autonomy over the offense. We have nothing else to lose. We're the Warriors. We suck. Just go ahead and do whatever you want. Like, the Jets didn't do that. And, like, I think that the first team that let Zach Wilson just be who he is, which is not a pocket passer – um, maybe, maybe that's his best chance at his fullest potential. Um, and like I, so I guess along those lines, probably, probably not going to happen with the jets because they, they're very, their system with Michael four, which has been terrible and they should fire him has been, Hey, we, they should have drafted Mac Jones is what they should have done because he would have fit this system perfectly. Like the fact that Mike white was looked so good in this system is proof, all the proof you need that they should have just drafted Mac Jones. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm done talking about the Jets. I, I had forgotten about the Jets. I'm done. I don't want to talk about them anymore. Um, but, you know, I, you know I, I'm cautiously optimistic that things could turn around. I like it. Uh, Kenny, what can the good folks check out from you over at the Action Network this week? Uh, doing some NBA previews. As always, you got Australian Open stuff coming up. I'll be uh, doing some regular stuff for Action Network over there as well. Also, my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kenny Ducey. Daily tennis plays over there. Follow me on Twitter. At Kenny Ducey, it's the same handle um, because I will be posting all my stuff there as well. And uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of balls in the air for the Australian open going to be seen a lot of different places. Looking forward to that. Going to, uh, I mean, I'm going to be sleeping at probably going to sleep at 8am waking up at 6pm. going to be nocturnal to be great chase. I'm looking forward to it. There you go. I like it. See what we do in the shadows. It's for you. Uh, it's, it's really for you. You're becoming a vampire Maybe in New York is. City anywhere. There you go. Kenny, thank you as always. And we'll have to check back in again soon. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, doing it again. It was uh, good to be with you, Chase. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew.
Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.